Thank you all for coming out this Sunday evening in Spanish for Utah. Thanks to those also who download the Oxus podcast from iTunes. We invite your comments, correspondence, and feedback by email us at utahchristians at gmail.com. We also have a website called utahchristians.org on which there's a membership class. And we'd like to thank all those that have taken the membership class, become members. We couldn't know what we do without your help and support. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder, Acharya, of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Today our topic is using your imagination. T.E. Lawrence, otherwise known as Lawrence of Arabia, wrote in his book, Seven Pillars of Wisdom, quote, All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds awake to the day to find that it was all vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act out their dream with their eyes open to change the world. Our message today is that if you can dream it, Krishna or God can do it. Prabhupada, our spiritual master, was talking about the freedoms enjoyed by Narada Muni, transcendentally liberated soul who can travel at will in both the material and spiritual world. Prabhupada says, quote, every living being is anxious for full freedom because that's his transcendental nature. We're parts and parcels of God. We're more than dull dead matter. We're created above time and space. We're meant to be free of friction, free of anything holding us down. We're created free, but we cannot step into that freedom without the help of the all-powerful Lord. Therefore, it is said, freedom is obtained only through the transcendental service of the Lord. I heard about a young man who dreamed of being an actor, but in the early 1980s, he wasn't getting the big parts that he wanted. Broke and discouraged, he drove his beat-up old car onto Mulholland Drive overlooking the city of Los Angeles, and he did something unusual. He wrote himself a check for $10 million. In the item line, he wrote, acting services rendered. That young man had grown up so poor that his family lived in a Volkswagen van for some period of time. He put that check in his wallet and kept it there. When things got tough, he'd pull it out and look at it to remind himself of his dream. A dozen years later, that same young man, Jim Carrey, was making 15 to 25 million dollars a movie. My question tonight to you is, is there something that you see every day that reminds you of what you're believing for? Something that inspires you, ignites your faith? Scripture says where there's no vision, the people perish. With no vision, you'll get stuck. That's why most people have lost their passion. They don't put anything in front of them that reminds them of what they're dreaming about. If you are dreaming to take the limits off yourself, and make your God-given dreams come true, then get a vision of who the Lord is and what He's capable of doing. That's why in the temple and in the homes of all the devotees, there are lots and lots of pictures of Krishna, youthful, charming, all-powerful, fiercely devoted to His devotees. He's capable of bringing millions of universes into being simply with the sound of His flute. He created the so-called laws of material nature, and he can supersede them at any time. Let that exciting thinking seep into you. 
Plant seeds of imagination with it. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Our vision is to elevate ourselves to be the servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the material world, when you want to elevate yourself, you talk more in terms of being a master. But spiritual life is just the inverse. The highest, most exalted position to which we living beings can aspire is to be a servant of the Almighty Lord. And I'll give you an example. Lord Brahma, the creator of this universe, prayed in a famous text called the Brahma Samhita that in his next life, he would like to be a maidservant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. After the service, we'll invite you to come up and put the Shat Hari on your head, the crown with the feet on top of it. When we do that, we'll say the Sanskrit verse, Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param Sadapasanti Suryo Daviva Chaksur Atitam Yadvi Pashvo Vandivo Jagavam Sam Samintate Vishnu Yaparamam Param. And when we get that crown on our head with the feet above it, we're envisioning, we're keeping an image in our mind of ourselves as the instrument, cent percent surrendered under the will of the Lord. We're keeping that vision in front of us, employing our imagination to picture his lotus feet on our head, guiding and directing every single step that we take. There are millions and millions of Brahmas and there are millions and millions of universes. One story talks about how Lord Brahma once found himself in assembly with all the Brahmas. And at that time, he felt himself as a mosquito amongst elephants. So when Lord Brahma is describing himself as a mosquito, why should we waste our time and our imagination trying for temporary material opulences which will be finished in due course of time. On the other hand, when we serve the Lord, we access unlimited spiritual opulences which last forever. One of the devotees mentioned to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, you look like a king. And Prabhupada said, in all humility, I am much more than a king. I am much more even than Lord Brahma, the creator of the universe, because I am a servant of the Almighty Lord who created millions and millions of universes and millions and millions of Brahmas. Your vision of where you want to be and who you want to be is your greatest asset. Here is the result of one study, quote, creating a vision for your life may seem like a frivolous, fantastical waste of time, but it's not. Creating a compelling vision of your life the life that you want is actually one of the most effective strategies for achieving the life of your dreams. It's important to focus on the result. Don't think about the process for getting there yet. That's the next step. Give yourself permission to revisit this vision every day, even if only for a few minutes. Keep your vision alive and in the front of your mind. Finally, it may sound counterproductive to plan backwards rather than forwards, but when you're planning your life from the end result, it's often more useful to consider the last step and work your way back to the first. This is actually a valuable and practical strategy for making your vision a reality." End quote. In the Bhagavad Gita, this is exactly what Krishna 
does for Arjuna. In the 11th chapter, Krishna shows his universal form to Arjuna. He time travels with Arjuna forward to show him his future victory. He says in the Sanskrit to Arjuna, Tajmad Twam Uchista Labashra Jitva Shatrum Bungjuraza Samridam Mayaiva Bite Nitam Parva Nimita Matra Bhavya Savasachin. Quote, Therefore, Arjuna, arise for battle. You will gain fame by conquering the enemy and enjoy a flourishing kingdom. All these warriors have already been slain by my arrangement. You can be but an instrument in the fight. That tactic convinced Arjuna to throw off his despondency, to move past his paralysis. He thought, after all, what's the point in bucking the determination of the Supreme Lord who causes the sun to rise and set, by whose strength the planets float in the sky, and by whose arrangement all living beings reap the results of their karma. In a book of ours called the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it said, chanting the holy name of the Lord immediately renovates the transcendental relationship of the living being with the Supreme Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The chanting fixes in our mind where we want to be, where we want to go. Up until the 10th century, people like us were not allowed, we were not given the gift of the Hare Krishna mantra. But in this day and age, we're given the end result, we're given the practice which is engaged in by the Atmaramas, the great purified, liberated saints and sages, so that we can imagine ourselves at the end and then work our way back. We chant with a vision of closing the gap between ourselves and the Lord, a gap which we opened up a long time ago, a gap of self-absorption and self-interest, which has kept us from enjoying the best that God has in mind for us. When we chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, our goal is to be one with the Lord, not to merge with Him like the impersonalists, but become one in purpose, one in thinking with Him, one in feeling with Him, one in willing with Him. Hare Krishna means, may there be no difference between my desires and the desires of the Lord. Here's a story from Prabhupada's biography, which was written by Satru Das Goswami. And this is from the very beginning days, just after Prabhupada arrived in America. Quote, in his solitary wanderings in Manhattan, Bhaktivedanta Swami made acquaintances with a number of local people. There was Mr. Rubin, a Turkish Jew who worked as a subway conductor. Mr. Rubin met Bhaktivedanta Swami on a park bench and being a social, sociable fellow and a world traveler, sat and talked with the Indian holy man. Mr. Rubin recollects. He seemed to know that he would have temples filled with devotees. He would look out and say, I am not a poor man. I am rich. There are temples and books. They are existing. They are there. But time is separating us from them. He always mentioned we and spoke about the one who sent him, his spiritual master. He didn't know anybody at the time, but he said, I'm never alone. He always looked like a lonely man to me. That's what made me think of him as a holy man, like Elijah, who always went out alone. 
I don't believe he had a single follower at the time. But what he had was the power of imagination. We're urging you tonight not just to have a little tiny vision. You're not inconveniencing God to believe for big things. Just the opposite. When you believe to do great things, when you want to set a new standard for your family or a new standard for your generation, it pleases Krishna to no end. We indicate our willingness for Krishna to make us and mold us by chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Take the limits off and say, I don't see a way, Krishna, but I know you have a way. So I'm going to believe to have a baby, I'm going to believe to start a business that will impact the world. I'm going to believe that my whole family will serve you. I'm going to believe that I'm going to get totally well. I'm going to believe that I'm going to establish a wonderful temple. When you release your faith in that way, it pleases Krishna. Prabhupada once said, if one wants to derive actual benefit from this human form of life, he must take to the chanting of the holy names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. Krishna is a supernatural God. He's not limited by your resources, by your environment, by your education, by your nationality. If you'll have a big vision, Krishna will not only do what you're dreaming about, he will do more than you can ask or think. What may seem a big deal to you is not at all a big deal to God. I've found that whatever your vision is, Krishna will supersize it. He'll do more than you can ask or think. If you keep that vision in front of you and don't get talked out of it, keep honoring Krishna, being your best, thanking Him that it's on the way, Krishna will supersize whatever you're believing for. He'll do exceedingly abundant above and beyond. They've been doing holy, the festival of colors in India for thousands of years. They do it in a certain way. It's diffused in the alleys and the streets. But I come to this culture with a Western background and naturally have an interest in bridging the gap between the cultures and making it available and attractive and interesting to Westerners. So I imagine, how can we repackage this ancient festival in such a way as to spread it all over the globe? So I thought instead of doing it in little groups of people here and there, we would do a marketing program, social media posters, and get as many people on the property at one time as we could to generate that excitement of a lot of people in one place at one time. And then I thought, if we want to reach young people, like junior high schoolers, middle high schoolers, college students, we've got to have the kind of music that they're used to, like ska, reggae, techno trance, deep house, hip hop, rap. Then I also thought, if we introduce the novelty of a countdown in a throw, which had never been done in India before, counting down at periodic intervals, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then everybody throwing the colors up in the air. Also, of course, because we're Hare Krishnas, we have to have throughout the whole festival, in the beginning, the middle, and the end, coming and going backwards and forwards, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. By repackaging and modifying this traditional ancient festival, we could spread it virally all over the world. 
Boom Magazine, which calls itself as a magazine for California, came out with this article last week about our Los Angeles Festival of Colors that we've been doing for four years so far, along with Spanish Fork and a number of others. Quote, tens of thousands of young adults, mostly in their teens and 20s, clamored towards the stage at the Spring Festival of Colors in Los Angeles. The organizers of the event are Hare Krishnas, affiliated with the various temples of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, or ISKCON. We put it on, but we invite the devotees from the Los Angeles and Laguna Beach temples to do some food and do some books and help us with the admissions. Traditional temple Hinduism is not what these eager and open young people are experiencing. The Festival of Colors in Los Angeles is more like an ISKCON-inspired evangelical tent revival than any mainstream Hindu practice. Amidst color throws and playful revelry, Charudas takes the stage to focus the frenetic and playful energy of the crowd with the Maha Mantra, the central devotional chant of the Hare Krishnas. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Charudas actively proselytizes while playing directly to the desires and social proclivities of teens and young adults. With music, yoga, food, and a playful atmosphere, the Festival of Colors is a brilliant marketing venture that attempts to erase the fraught political history of the Hare Krishnas and bring them back into the mainstream. There, they hope to vie for a position as the representatives par excellence of modern global Hinduism. Under the clever disguise of colored powders, the Festival of Colors represents the new proselytizing successes of ISKCON." End quote. Prabhupada said once, simply we have to please Krishna and not desire anything for ourselves. Then we become instruments for his will. That is the essence of Krishna consciousness. I saw an article in the Provo Herald a few years ago about a man, Ira Fulton, who gave Brigham Young University a donation of $400 million. I cut out that article and I kept it on my desk. And every time I look at it, I say, God, if you did it for university, you can do it for our movement. Now, Vi and I were at the Temple President's meeting in Houston last week. They just finished a beautiful complex cultural hall, temple, gift store, restaurant, landscape, grounds. They spent $10 million to build it. As soon as that project was completed, a Dr. Dingra, who lived in the Houston area, a well-wisher of the temple, passed away and left the temple $30 million in his will. What's the point? Get a big vision. Imagine how many people you can reach with an extra $400 million or even a measly $30 million. When you imagine it, that's when Krishna goes to work. Now, if you can accomplish your dreams in your own strength, your own talent, your own ability, your own resources, then I'm here tonight to tell you that your dreams are too small. You don't need Krishna's help with small dreams. Believe big your destiny is too great, your assignment too important to have little goals, little dreams, little prayers. Keep big things in front of you. Krishna, you did it for them. You can do it for us. Let our movement impact billions of people. 
You may say, well, true, I can't even imagine being a part of something like that, something wonderful happening in my life. I don't get the breaks. I can't imagine myself being that blessed. Don't worry, you won't be. If you don't have a vision for it, it's not going to happen. Without a vision, you won't see what God has in mind for you. You won't become the winner that he wants you to be. I know that some of the things that we're talking about tonight seem far out. They seem very unlikely. But my caution is, don't ever say, I can't imagine that. You see someone really fit and energetic when you're trying to get back into shape. You may think, I can't imagine looking like that. You drive by a house and you say, I can't imagine living in this neighborhood. Or you may have thought, I can't imagine publishing a book. I can't imagine owning my own business. I can't imagine starting my own temple. I can't imagine being that successful. The problem is that you're being limited by your lack of imagination. You need to change what you're seeing. Don't let negative thoughts paint those kinds of pictures. Use your imagination to see yourself accomplishing dreams, rising higher, overcoming obstacles, being healthy, strong, blessed, and prosperous. Here's a poem called Imagination by Emily Bronte. When weary with the long day's care and earthly change from pain to pain and lost and ready to despair, imagination's kind voice calls me back again. Oh, my true friend, I am not alone while thou can speak in such a tone. So hopeless is the world without, the world within I doubly prize. Thy world where guile and hate and doubt and cold suspicion never rise, where imagination I and liberty have undisputed sovereignty. What matters it that all around danger and guilt and darkness lie, But if within our bosom bound we hold a bright, untroubled sky, warm with 10,000 mingled rays of suns that know no winter days, reason indeed may oft complain for nature's sad reality and tell the suffering heart how vain is cherished dreams must always be, and truth may rudely trample down the flowers of imagination newly blown. But... Imagination is ever there to bring the hovering vision back and breathe new glories into the blighted spring and call a lovelier life from death and whisper with a voice divine of real worlds which brightly shine. When you keep your vision in front of you, that's your faith being released. That's why the scripture uses such strong language where there's no vision, the people perish. That means dreams die when you don't have vision. If you can't see what Krishna has put into your heart, then you'll miss the incredible things that he wants you to do. You may need to lose 30 pounds. Why don't you put up a picture of yourself 30 pounds lighter on your bathroom mirror? Every day when you see it, Instead of getting all depressed and think, oh, I still wish I looked like that. I wish I could fit into that dress. Instead say, Lord, thank you. I'm losing that weight. I'm healthy, strong, whole, in shape, energetic, attractive. Let that vision plant itself in your brain. At present, you may not be healthy. But you need to keep something in front of you that says you're going to be healthy. Tack a note on the refrigerator the weight you want to get down to. 
drive by the neighborhood gym, look through the window at the members on the treadmills. Here in Spanish Fork, drive along Tree Line Road on a Saturday morning and check out all the runners. Get an exercise tracker and challenge other devotees how many steps you can take in a day, a week, a month, a year. I read a Harvard study, 55,000 people over 20 years, and they concluded that if you spend six hours exercising every week, you get that time tacked on to the end of your life. You get to live those six hours over again. My request is let every righteous, pious devotee plan on living a long, energetic life. There's so much to do to spread God consciousness. And the ones with vision and imagination to do it are few and far between. We need you. The world needs you. Suffering people everywhere need you. Get a vision of a long, healthy life. A vision of yourself running your race strong, healthy, and kicking up your heels at the finish line. It's not to say there won't be times when it seems as if your dreams are not coming to pass. It's taking so long. The medical report doesn't look good. You don't have the resources. Business is slow. You could easily give up. But you've got to go back to those visual reminders to keep that vision in front of you. Seeing the key to your new home the outfit for your baby, the tennis shoes that you're going to put on when you're healthy, the picture frame that you're going to put your future spouse in, the article inspiring you to build an orphanage, those drawings of the temple that you're dreaming about, those visual cues will keep you encouraged. Krishna is saying to you today what he said to Arjuna, if you can see it, then I can do it. If you have a vision for it, then I can make it happen. I can open up doors, I can bring the right people, I can give you the finances, I can break the chains holding you back. I read about a man named Conrad Hilton. He was the founder of the Hilton Hotels. As a young man back in the 1930s, he saw an article about the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. The title of the article said it was the most famous hotel in the world, and the article included big, beautiful pictures. He'd never seen anything like that in his life. So grand, so magnificent. And as he was reading the article, Krishna put it into his heart to one day own that hotel. In the natural, it didn't seem possible. At the time, he could barely pay his rent. He didn't have any connections. The depression was just ending. Conrad Hilton could have said, God, you've got the wrong person. That's not for me. But instead, he dared to let the seed take root. He cut out a picture of the big, beautiful Waldorf and put it under the glass on his desk. Every day he would see that picture, every day for one year, for two years, for five years, for ten years. It didn't look like his dream would happen, but he kept that vision in front of him. When he went to New York City, he made a point of walking around the Waldorf Astoria Hotel and he prayed. He thanked God that it was his. He didn't tell anyone, he just let the dream take root. 18 years later, his company was able to purchase 250,000 shares of the Waldorf Corporation, and with that deal, he owned the most famous hotel in the world. Friends, what you keep in front of you, you're moving toward. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Ham Sarvasya Prabha, 
Matasaram Prabhartite, Iti Madva Bajanti Mam, Buddha Bhava Samanvitaham. I am the source of all material and spiritual worlds. Everything emanates from me. Those who know this worship me with all their hearts. You may think that your dream is too big, that it's too late, your obstacles are too difficult, but I'm here tonight to tell you that Krishna is still on the throne, Krishna still has a way to bring your dreams to pass. Just like with Prabhupada, just like with Arjuna, just like with Jim Carrey and Conrad Hilton, Krishna intends to do something big in your life. He will release his favor in a new way. What you thought was over and done is still going to happen. When it looks impossible, when it looks like you're in way over your head, Krishna will suddenly cause things to fall into place, giving you favor, influence, and connections. What you have to do is one simple thing, don't stop believing. Every time you remind yourself of the goal, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, you're moving towards it. You're getting traction. It's edging from the subtle to the substantial, from dream to reality. Krishna gave each and every one of us imagination to honor Him. And just like He does with the creation, when He brings something wonderful out of nothing in His image, you're meant to imagine and give birth to something wonderful that was not there before. You're meant to tax your brains for the expansion of His glories and the uplifting of mankind. You'll do this, Krishna will supersize what you're dreaming about. He will take you further, faster, opening doors that no man can shut, doing for you what you could have never done on your own in this life and in the next life, He'll take you back to home, back to Godhead.